KBOO Portland. The Gap. The Gap. The Gap. Portland's favorite talk radio at 8 on Fridays returns at 8 on Friday, September 16th. Tammy and Althea are back to bring you thoughtful insights, colorful commentary, activist interviews, and community conversation. Minding it, bridging it, filling it in. The Gap returns to KBU on Friday, September 16th at 8 a.m. The Gap. The Gap. The Gap. Welcome to the Talking Earth, and uh, Patrick is with me, Bogart, and my... Hello, uh, this is KBL Portland. Uh, yeah, say the call letters. 90.7 in your FM dial. And uh, this is the, the Talking Earth, and it'll it'll play on Monday, I believe, the 12th. And so yes. It's a full moon day here, and so um, this is going to be a hit or miss show, and... I, I don't care. I've um, the full moon has been tearing me to pieces and my neighbors. So I'm thinking of calling this "How you doing?" Uh, they asked me on the street. You know, we're going to talk a little about street people, and um, which makes me feel guilty because what am I supposed to respond to them? I know they're in worse. They have worse conditions than I do. Yeah. Um, Damarang um twilight of the gods and uh so let's go with um let's go with billy here and we'll do and we'll wade into ginsburg and what I wanted to get to. He loves Allen Ginsberg, uh, and we're going to put um, Allen on now, and that's going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, Ad lib, what, what did you read about Kerouac? You know, we're going to do Brodigan here, and you had, did, what, what did, how did... I've actually read Jack Kerouac a little bit. Oh, have you? Uh-huh. Dharma Bombs and On the Road. I really, well, I like both of them. Well, Dharma Bombs is... Uh, um, yeah, that's Gary Snyder got them up in the um, poets on the, the peak. Fire watching. Yeah, fire watching, and 
yeah. in Washington State. And some of it's about that. Some of it's about like uh, just life in the '60s and. Uh, well, well, he loved uh, he loved San Francisco, and uh, but his point, my point was, I love Allen Ginsberg, and they, you know, they hung out a lot, and uh, uh, Kerouac hung out with with Burroughs and all of that. But where we're going here is uh, uh, Allen Ginsberg uh, grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, and uh, what's I intriguing, and I'm going to bring William Carlos Williams in. But uh, Alan's uh, father was uh, Louis, and uh, he was a, a, a poet. And uh, uh, the problem was uh, uh, Ginsburg's mother, Naomi, I believe, uh, a Kaddish, she, she died fairly young, but she was really terribly bipolar and had to be hospitalized and all of that. And she would uh, show him her, uh, you know, the. Uh, her genitals, and it was really bizarre, and he kind of had to live with that as a mother, which was pretty weird. But William Carlos Williams would really champion him for um, his, uh, Alan's first book, uh, Empty Mirror. So let's um, get some of this Ginsburg going, and uh, uh, it's saying, uh, well, it's saying, what's it saying? It's saying whatever. Um, okay, uh, give me a little ad-lib. So, so what did you think about Dharma Bums? Did you, did you ever hike in the mountains? And Oh, sometimes, but not that much. The, but, like, the part that I remember is more him, uh, uh, there's some, there's a, a little, a tiny section where he's walking around in suburbia, and he's mentioning, like, the blue light from the televisions, uh, oh, that yeah, are yeah. on, and it's kind of a... I have to say it's this. It's kind of a critique of like how what social life was like in the in the late fifties. Uh, and and 60s. if you notice that playful language that he was, uh, they were very creative. The Beats. I'm sorry, G uh, Gary Snyder and um, uh, I think Ginsburg read with him at Reed College. Yeah. Uh, in 1956, uh, um, the uh, Howl. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They, had, they had very different uh, ideas about the world, though. Oh, oh God, yeah, no, no. Yeah, that, Kerouac that, was kind of a, ca a Catholic, and he, a lot of his stuff is a spiritual searching, and it's not exactly the same well, well, kind of yeah. thing that Ginsburg it, it, and Snyder uh, were doing, uh, well, but, but, which was also very different from what Burroughs was doing. Okay, well, let's pause with that, and here we go with... Uh... If I had a green automobile... You had a green automobile... I'd go find my old companion who lives on the other ocean. <laughs> this is what I this is what I was looking for, this Buddhist chant thing here. Here we go. This is Om Mani Padme, uh, um, and he used to have a harmoni harmonium. You hear those syllables? Yeah. Hell of a voice, great.
He had a hell of a set of lungs, uh, yeah. Allen Ginsberg, and I'm going to go back to, because I, well, I'll, I'll stay on this. Very political. Carl, Carl Ayalet, May 7th. 1965, back to work, on BOA plane leaving Prague Airport, rainy day, and the ship whistling had begun the ascent, and the communists have nothing to offer but fat cheeks and eyeglasses and lying policemen, and the capitalists proffer napalm and money in green suitcases to the naked, and the communists create heavy industry, but the heart is also heavy. And the beautiful, beautiful engineers are all dead. The secret technicians now conspire for their own glamour. In the future, in the future, but now drink vodka and lament the security forces. And the capitalists bring, drink gin and whiskey on airplanes, but let Indian brown millions starve out and murder whom they can in Vietnam. And when communist and capitalist assholes tangle, the just man is arrested or robbed or had his head cut off, but not like Indian Saint Kabir. And the cigarette cough of the just man above the clouds in the bright sunshine is a salute to the health of the blue sky. For I was arrested thrice in Prague, once for singing drunk on Narodny Street, once knocked down on the midnight pavement by a mustached agent who screamed out, Boozerang! Once for losing my notebooks of unusual sex politics dream opinions. And I was sent from Havana by plane by detectives in green uniform. And I was sent from Prague by plane by detectives in Czechoslovakian business suits. Like card players out of Cezanne, like the two strange dolls that entered Joseph K.'s room at morn also entered mine and ate at my table and examined my scribbles and followed me night and morn from the houses of lovers to the cafes of Centrum. And I am the king of May, which is the power of sexual... Uh, I want to go back to one and two. Uh, I hope you're liking this. Uh, I think I've done the... Uh, he was crowned the King of May, which is the spirit, the sexual spirit of youth. I, I'm going to go back. Hopefully, we can make this happen. So this is uh, pull oh, my, my daisy, tip my cup. All my doors are open. Cut my thoughts for coconuts. All my eggs are broken. Jack my arden, geek my shades. Whoa, my road is spoken. Silk my garden, rose my days, now my prayers awaken. Bone my shadow, dove my dreams, start my halo bleeding. Milk my mind and make me cream, drink me when you're ready. Hop my heart on, harp my height, seraphs hold me steady. Hip my angel, hike my life, lay it on the needy. Heal the raindrops, sow the eye, bust my dust again. Woe the worm, work the wise, dig my spade the same. Stop the hoax, what the hex, where's the wake, how's the hicks, take my golden beam. Rub my locker, lick my rocks, leap my cock in school. Rack my lax, lock my looks, jump right up my hole. Pour my door, beat my boar, eat my snake of fool. Craze my hair, bear my poor asshole shorn of wool. Say my oops, ope my shell, make my nuded nut. Roll my bones, ring my bell, call the worm to sup. Poke my parts, pop my pot, raise my daisy up. Poke my pap, pit my plum, let my jack. Well, green well, automobile. Here we go. Well, we done the green automobile, I guess. If I had a green automobile, I'd go find my old companion who lives on the other ocean. Ha 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 ha. Uh, we're gonna start with the ha ha ha's. Uh. The, uh, we got to watch the time here. Um, this, um, we might have the little um, bit of music here, and we're, 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 we're going to deal with the Ginsburg story, but this, um, uh, in Portuguese, 
fada, fado means fate. And uh, it's, uh, they don't even know exactly where the musical form came from. It only came in the 40s uh, and, and 50s. And uh, uh, it's uh, just uh, the most um, haunting stuff. It's mournful. And the point about fado, fate, is that there, we humans can't help it. There are things that are out of our control. Yeah. Uh, give me something recently that was out of your control. Well, uh, my the store I worked at went out of business. Yeah, I Closed. mean, you, you you couldn't, uh, you know, what could you do about it? I mean, it's yeah, it, the, it, the owners didn't do any. I mean, it was just well, let's talk about it was just fate, for, otherwise known as the the city. Yeah, the city. Uh, you know, we've talked to on the phone. I've got Patrick Bocard here, and I want him. Uh, we, we're we're, we're going to get into the Brodigan thing, but I want to go a little farther with this. Um, I, I wanted you. What's coming up on the next Talking Earth? This will air uh, on the twelfth at ten p.m. Yeah, and so on the nineteenth, it's Dan Raphael's show. I. And you said he broke his hip. Now that's... He injured himself. We're going to have to figure out how... So he recorded Poets for the show, and unfortunately I don't remember their names. Oh, Uh, don't worry about it. Let's not... Yeah, we're going to have to figure that out. We don't have much time. That's airing a week from... We don't don't have a lot of time to fool with that, but... uh, and then uh, Barbara Little Morticella, she wants to come back. She's been back. Yeah. Um, and will she be back more, or that's yeah? It? But that's probably next year. Uh, you people are just listening to the Talking Earth for the first time. Please, please uh, uh, re, uh, re, reward us. This is a forty-nine-year-old show, and, and and Patrick's been my engineer. I I don't know. He says thirty years. I mean, our community radio this is the just nineties. Probably not thirty years. Not thirty. Okay. Twenty over twenty. Um, so I want to give you a taste of Fado, but I want to stay on this uh, slight track about uh, things are out of control. I, I take a metaphysical point of view on some of this. Uh, there's something about destiny. My the entire my entire career, uh, just a hodgepodge, and I, I had no idea that some of the things would happen. I'm, I'm not that important, but... Uh, they kept coming around, I mean, the whole thing. So um, let's hear it for all of those. So Fado, or fate music in Portuguese, is somewhat mournful. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's sample some here and get a sense of it. And we'll sample a couple. Um, It's kind of a beautiful music and I want a little music to soften this hodgepodge, whatever we're calling this. And oddly enough, I know Spanish, but Portuguese doesn't work for me. It's Brazilian, but I don't, I don't Either Spanish or Portuguese. Let's try one more. Come on. Two more. Here, come on. Is that mournful sound or? Does it sound fateful or something or? Loss of. Yeah. Yeah, I can listen to this when I go to bed, you know, turn on the and they have a, a, in Portugal, they have a, a kind of double guitar and they, uh, with, with different bass, bass, and then they even play with a classical guitar. 
Oh, one more. We don't know the language, so. Oh, that's a. No, that gives a musical sound. Uh... I love, I love the voice, so. Okay, people don't know the language, and uh, so I think um, I think we're going to shut this down and, and get down to business here. Uh, we uh, business is what it is. I, it's surprising how fast the program goes. You you've done these with me. Yeah, they really go fast. What's what what, where, what time we got now? I bet we're halfway through. Not quite halfway through. Uh, okay, so um, I. Um, I want to, I just don't know how well you knew uh, uh, Marjorie Sharp. And uh, uh, now that was, it's been an Oregon Live. And yeah. thank you, Doug Perry and, and the Oregonian. It's amazing that you would put that on. Were you, were you slightly shocked by it? I mean, they talked about me de getting de-virginized <laughs> in the article and uh, Marjorie Sharp uh, traveled uh, all over the world and um, and I, I I do I do want to uh, uh, put her on here a, a little bit but I think uh, uh, I'm trying to get in control here of this and I will uh, I, I urge all of you, uh, she's got a book coming out and Leanne Grable is doing the drawings and she was involved with Penny Allen movies. Go to, um, the big movie was Property, it's in France uh, and I, I'm in it and, and uh, but I'm not worried about that. I was more worried about uh, Marjorie, just an incredible world traveler going over on the magic bus and so I want to hear her voice, but I, I want to say again, you can go to Oregon Live, and I, I assume it may still be uh, on the Oregonian website, but uh, type in Marjorie Sharp, and uh, so was there anything surprising? I mean, is, is the Oregonian just trying to get risque or something, or what? What do you What I do you think? I, I didn't. I, I don't know. I must have glossed over the risque part. Oh come on! There was, um, you know, sexual discussion and every everything, and and you know, and uh, um, and uh, I think they were making fun of me that at twenty nine I have nothing to hide. I was technically a virgin, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, it's kind of a fun piece. They call her a wild woman, though, and they go on and on with this uh, nonsense about what a wild woman she was. Uh, she was a very brilliant woman. Uh, and um, what am I doing now? <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'll put the tribute that I did so we can hear some of her voice. I don't want any of the nonsense in there, so I'm going to let it uh, run quietly. But uh, you, uh, uh, you tell me, uh, do we want to do a little? Are you ready to do a little bit of Brodigan or Richard Brodigan? Not a minute, but I mean, let's. Well, no, no, we, we, there, there's, there. I don't want the whole biography on here. Yeah. I, I'm going to let it run. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, um, we're not going to do Brodigan immediately here, but uh, he was uh, an Oregon poet, you know. Uh, 
Uh, he has a lot of things, trout fishing in America. Um, uh, I brought the abortion and the revenge of the lawn, but he, uh, I, I even heard that he was in uh, uh, Portland's old Goose Hollow. Uh, you know, see that was, a, that was a hippie enclave of little houses of artists and stuff, and then they punched a hole through the West Hills there, and they made the max. Yeah, yeah, and and all of that, and uh, but um, I heard stories about uh, <laughs> Richard Brodigan being there, and uh, my friend uh, Marty Christensen, and and you know all all of that. Um, uh, I've lost so many people that I'm I'm having a little little bit of a problem with it. Um, Oh hell, let's let's get done with Marjorie. I'm sorry, but that's you can go to OregonLive.com, Marjorie Sharp, and, and hopefully you can get the whole thing. So let's see what Cosmic we get. Journey. She she was ready to go out into the universe and um, come on, Curtis. Blood red moon. The uh, the fire oh, yeah, in she the gorge. Uh, Houston, uh, all of the the eclipse, everything was lined up. I, I feel that uh, Marjorie chose uh, to leave the wounded landscape of planet Earth uh, with such grace. So I I'm, have tapes I've done in the past and uh, I want to I want to read a, a love poem here and uh, we met in uh, 1967 at an anti-war poetry reading with, uh, oh gosh, there was Allen Ginsberg, uh, Joe Uris, and many, many people. Uh, around uh, Portland, Marjorie was part of the uh, Rubens Five crowd, um, uh, Arthur Honeyman, uh, Michael Paul McCusker, Marty Christensen. Uh, it, it, the, the scene was different in, in the 70s. And uh, so here's a poem for Marjorie. Amaze me. After the babies, the stretch marks on your belly, they amaze me as soft as chamois or the fur of a seal. Your long red hair glinting in the sun like strawberries or wine or fire or blood. Where does that red come from? You are so warm and soft and snuggly, yet wiry strong enough to wrestle me to the ground. That amazes me. Why do you love me? Silly question. Unfair, stupid, unaware, unopen. I am amazed by everything about you, particularly your intelligence and revolutionary attitude and sensual tenderness tickling my mind and my toes with your wiggly feet. Your breasts are unflatly, unfatty, beautiful each one perfectly sized in the palm of the hand. Such responsiveness to touch is almost unbelievable. Were I not there to feel, the pleasure is almost unbearable. You take and give unto yourself and me very much. Am I foolish that you should amaze me so? No. Well, Marjorie traveled, oh gosh, this, this was a woman traveler back in the 70s uh, went to Kathmandu, took the um, magic bus uh, from Istanbul over uh, up the Khyber Pass and uh, Amsterdam. Everybody, everyone in Portland knew who he, she is, and this is kind of, a, I hope, a wonderful obituary. It's not going to be a bummer. So, um, David Mild, 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 no, 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 we're 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 going to go around this. Uh, I, she's going to come in here, but we're we're not going to listen to that. Uh, so um, so where do we want to go? We got to hurry here. Where, where do we want to go? Um, um, I uh, I'm going to let the tape run. These things are uncontrollable. You want me to try uh, abroad again? Try abroad again. Yeah. Now Richard Brodigan, as I said, was and this is Revenge of the Lawn. You've yeah. got to read this guy, and he, he puts pretty girls with cakes, and he was a digger. Uh, Brodigan was a digger, and uh, he and that was they gave away things in the Haight-Ashbury years, and I'm starting to see Portland look like a Haight-Ashbury. 
I mean, all the people and stuff. It's not. It's a different hate Ashbury. Yeah. But that, of course, the hate Ashbury down there turned to uh, drugs and you know and 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 had a lot of problems and. Uh, Sounds like Portland now. And, and yeah, yeah. Let's just do a little uh, okay. preface with that. Portland is getting really weird, and I was uh, uh, I was shocked uh, two or three days ago. Uh, oh my God! I uh, I went into the I won't say which dollar store, and uh, this is really kind of ugly. But uh, the way you can tell somebody who has um, a bad meth habit, they have sores all over them. Yeah, it's worse than leprosy. And you can see it, and it's scary because you think, can I be contaminated by that if they touch me or something? But the, you, you, you see by the sores that they have a terrible methadrine habit, and they're kind of headed towards death. I mean, they, I, I'll, I'll come right down and say it. It should be, possibly, they should be picked up by the hospital or, 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 or something. Now what happened to the Dollar Tree, I'll make this quick, I don't want to get ugly about it, but the guy came in there and the uh, women clerks, well their front door has been broken into and uh, they, uh, the guy came in and I'm thinking, why is he in here, he's a public health hazard. And, and, and he was pretty jolly, he must have been a little bit high, but uh, he wanted to use the bathroom, well they don't let you use the bathroom anymore. And uh, and uh, what he ended up doing was wee weeing all over the two or three aisles of the store. Yeah. And no one wanted to clean it up. There was urine scattered, and they, they put papers. They put papers down. And I kept thinking, my God, this guy shouldn't be in here. And I think he'd wanted to use the uh, the bathroom, but uh, he kind of freaked me out. And I I. There are some items you can buy. This is not a commercial advertisement for a dollar store, but um, I didn't want to eat <laughs> my little sandwich or whatever I got. You know, I, yeah, it made me sick to my stomach. Uh, the sores and the uh, food and 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 the uh, urinating all over the floor, and you know the clerks. I don't blame them. I wouldn't deal with it. That almost has to be handed, handled by a toxic, uh, what, what do you call them, the squad. And, uh, and then I saw another incident right outside of uh, uh, the dollar store near, I call it Full Foods, you can call it yeah. Whole Foods if you want, but the point is Full Foods, I actually saw a person pretty strong, about 170 pounds. Uh, on the street, he cracked wide open. I saw his brain go berserk. And uh, he threw a 50-pound item out in the road, and he would just kept going there. And, and I was near there, and I thought, oh, God, I don't want him to attack me. I don't want him to attack me. Please don't let him attack me. Yeah. But uh, somebody did call the police, but it was interesting. Four cop cars came. But they were reluctant to deal with him. They didn't want to get, you know, weirdly sanitized. I mean, desanitized. I mean, they, 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 and they, they did surround him eventually. And I didn't know want to know what happened, um, you know. Um, and he walked down the street. But I, I, I think they, they took him in charge. But uh, you know, let's not do the Nazi thing. But. You just wonder if some I don't I'm not talking about picking people up permanently and with a final solution. I'm talking about they should they need to be hospitalized and, yeah. and, no, they, I mean, and they need to be locked up for their drug habit for a month or you know and then yeah. released. Well, there's a, there's a number of different things about. Well, it. what about you talk about that for a second? So for, first off, one of the reasons why so many people are using meds is that if you're living on the street, you need to stay awake to prevent people from stealing. Your uh, stuff. Other people will mess with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of one. So of the ma in many on. ways, they're up all night guarding. Yeah. Their so like the the thing is, is that people talk about the 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 whole drug situation as if that's causing. The homeless problem but it's actually the reverse the homeless problem 
is causing feed, a, is huge, feeding, a drug a, problem. Yeah, and it's kind of a feedback loop. Yeah, I I uh, see them on the bus. I ride the bus but, and stuff. But the other thing, and yeah, but go I ahead, think, keep I talking. Think it's really hard to. This is very to important get to talk off, about. Like the uh, the old uh, alcohol, you know, detox center. What they shut they, down? They shut it down because they can't handle the people coming in with meth. That were on oh, meth. well, that's your your point of view. I'm not yeah, saying no, you're that's wrong. What, that's what there was a reason. That's why they said they shut it down. Well, is because everyone was coming in. They're all on meth and not on alcohol, and they they weren't set up. They couldn't handle it. Well, yeah, and I I have had friends who were no heroin how, addicts. Or how you do that, or what the um, the other thing I was gonna say is that the go ahead. We want to talk about social so issues. Something, something that happened that I may have talked about on the show. I don't know. I mean, I think it happened over a month ago. Uh, where uh, someone had a tent down the block from where I live in downtown. You live down by Central City Concern. Yeah, and uh, I don't, somehow their tent got on fire. Huh. And well. it was going up quick. Like, and they had canisters of gas in there, and they exploded. Oh, really? And... I mean, this is not so something... So they, they, they had gas to heat, or whatever they yeah, used. Yeah, they used whatever, and the things... It, it shattered windows in the building in front of it. Melissa and I were packing our cats up and freaking out and trying to call the 911. And I have to say, the fire... The firemen showed up pretty quick. Where they... Would they deal with it? Did they... Yeah, they dealt with it. They dealt with it really quick. Yeah. And mind you, there was no one in the, in the tent. Right, right. No one died. They got out of there, Which is yeah. why that didn't even make the papers. That happens so often now, they don't well, even well, write you, about you, it. Well, you've had uh, bullets fly downtown. Country. Um, yeah, there have been bullets. Of, that, that there's incidents that have happened. That I haven't had anyone shoot at me, though. No, no, but I say there, there there's shots going off downtown. Yeah, there was like that. I mean, the the one I'm talking about happened the same week that the there was a woman who stabbed to death another woman. Um, the 19 year old kid was well, shot by the security guard, which I'm not going to get into. But that's it. Well, yeah. no, we 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 are experiencing a uh, high a, a second moment. country, third country on the street. But. Yeah, people have gated. People with money don't get it. Worry about this. No, but it's like I mean, there's like a movie I saw a long time ago from the late Go ahead. Uh, we, they, uh, Sean Carpenter movie called They Live, where the main characters are homeless, and uh, it's very important stuff. It's a science fiction movie, so it's not that important a movie, but it's a, it's an influential movie. But the the best part of the movie is this scene where uh, there's a church that feeds the, the people in the homeless camp and um, they run, they've run they run afoul of the law and the cops show up and they just absolutely destroy this homeless camp and just shove everyone out of the way. Well, they were a little rough before. They're kind well, of... Th this they, is like... I mean, it's set in L.A. and it's kind of... It's uh, like oh, no, no. You know, there are the many movie. cities besides Portland. In fact, many Portland is given uh, D marks because they allow people to come here. But, uh, uh, well, listen... And this this is, is happening everywhere too. They, uh, yeah. like, uh, I've heard well, they someone, actually ban people. Uh, well, no, but I've heard that Austin, Texas, has this issue too. Well, well, isn't that an American political problem right now? Yeah, it is a very serious problem, and there is money to fix it. And uh, and and so uh, we're going to run out of time. How much time we? Have? I'm going to see if we get Mark. We, we got like less than twenty minutes. We should go I with think I am slightly past where we were supposed to start. So That's all right. Just do it. Do it. So, okay, here it goes. And, and pump it up in the sound maker. What blew me away about Marjorie was her. That's fine. Incredible courage. She. Yeah, this is fine. This is Would great. become a world traveler going to Puerto Rico. Well, we, come on. Cuernavaca, Mexico. Uh, over to. Am uh, no, we don't. We don't have any time for that. Uh, I I thought I could hear. We could hear her voice. Uh, go to Oregon Live. Type in Marjorie Sharp, and uh, uh, she's a great world traveler. And and I think that's all we're going to do with that. We can't. I, we can't deal with that. No, I'm I'm not. We 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 have to continue here. So, um, where do we? Uh, where do we want to go here? We want to go to. Uh, want to go to Broad again? Well, let's. Well, 
Okay, now I gave you some pieces. This is Richard Brodigan's uh, really cute... Um, he's famous for his metaphors. I want people to know that. Uh, they're, they're really uh, convoluted and very intriguing. So which piece are you going to read? You're I'm going to read... It's, I'm going to cut parts out. Uh, Pacific Radio Fire. Pacific Radio Fire. It's funny as heck. So uh, yeah. the, the first paragraph is... The largest ocean in the world starts or ends at Monterey, California. Read it for me, oh, good. It depends on what language you are speaking. My friend's wife had just left him. She walked right out the door and didn't even say goodbye. We went and got two-fifths of port and headed for the Pacific. We sat down on a small corner-like beach surrounded by big granite rocks and the hugeness of the Pacific Ocean with all its vocabularies. We were listening to rock and roll on this transistor radio and somberly drinking port. We were both in despair. I didn't know what he was going to do with the rest of his life either. I took another sip of port. The Beach Boys were singing a song about California girls in the radio. They liked them. His eyes were wet, wounded rugs. Like some kind of strange vacuum cleaner, I tried to console him. I recited the same old litanies that you say to people when you try to help their broken hearts, but words can't help at all. It's just the sound of another human voice that makes the, di the only difference. There's nothing you're ever going to say that's going to make anybody happy when they're feeling shitty about losing somebody that they love. Finally, he set fire to the radio. He piled some paper around it. He struck a match to the paper. We sat there watching it. I had never seen anybody set fire to a radio before. <laughs> As the radio gently burned away, the flames began to affect the songs that we were listening to. A record that was number one in the top 40, 40 suddenly dropped to number 13 inside of itself. <laughs> a song that was number nine became number 27 in the middle of a chorus about loving somebody. They tumbled in popularity like broken birds. Then it was too late for all of them. You got it. You got the spirit down. You do a little bit of that other one we, we have there sure. at the end of it. Complicated banking. You got to know Richard Brodigan. Go ahead. Yeah, please. I have a bank account because I grew tired of burying my money in the backyard and some, something else happened. I was burying some money a few years ago when I came across a human skeleton. The skeleton had the remains of a shovel in one hand and a half dissolved coffee can in the other hand. The coffee can was filled with a kind of rust dust material that I think was once money. So now I have a bank account. But most of the time that doesn't work out very well either. When I wait in line there are almost always people in front of me who have complicated banking problems. I have to stand there and endure the financial cartoon crucifixions of America. It goes something like this. There are three people in front of me. I have a little check to cash. My banking will only take a minute. The check is already endorsed. <laughs> I have it in my hand pointed in the direction of the teller. This guy is the reason we have ATMs now. The person just being waited on now is a woman 50 years old. She is wearing a long black coat though it is hot day. She appears to be very comfortable in the coat and there is a strange smell coming from her. I think about it for a few seconds and realize that this is the first sign of a complicated banking problem. <laughs> then she reaches into the folds of her coat and removes the shadow of a refrigerator filled with sour milk and year-old carrots. She wants to put the shadow in her savings account. She's already made out the slip. I look up at the ceiling of the bank and pretend that it is the Sistine Chapel. The old woman puts up quite a struggle before she's taken away. There's a lot of blood on the floor. She bit an ear off <laughs> one of the guards. I guess you have to admire her spunk. The check in my hand is for $10. <laughs> well, I, listen, listen. Uh, should Brodigan, I go on? I will go on. Well, well, I want you to go on. Pick something else, but this... Uh, uh, oh, this you got to know about trout fishing in America. Let's, this go, let's just... go with trout fishing in America. It's better than banking. It's more fun. <laughs> uh, 
and 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 the and and he lived around and claimed oh a wall no I'm just gonna read a few titles and then a a Walden pond for winos <laughs> and I'm not gonna read that so they talked about it while they drank but they taught how to make clothes for fleas by pasting pieces of colored paper on their backs they said you train the fleas was to make them uh, dependent upon you for their food. This is done by letting them feed off you at an appointed hour. Uh, and this is uh, trout fish fishing on the bevel. Now we need to know about Brodigan. He's a tragic figure because uh, he, he, he joined up with uh, uh, Tom McGuane and others in um, Missoula, Montana and uh, but his uh, he was starting to caricature himself, and uh, the problem was that I think he got despondent, and he sort of dropped out of sight, and then he would uh, uh, shoot himself in the head and, and, and commit suicide. Uh, and 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 the the deal about it is uh, that book is called "So the Wind Won't Blow It All Away." And it, 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 he purports to say that uh, in 10th grade or something, he and a friend were going to go uh, shoot 22 pistols, uh, uh, rifles, uh, apples out of the tree. And, you know, and they got uh, one of them went the other side there. And it, it seems that he might have uh, killed his best friend. And he, he talks about weighing in that... Uh, uh, that was many years ago. So there's always been a, a suicidal thrust in um, uh, and, and, and a thing about I, I'm going to do this trout fishing on the bevel. Of course, bevel is a term for the two graveyards. See, I mean, this death thing is we're next to each other in small hills. Between them flowed <laughs> Graveyard Creek. A slow-moving funeral procession on a hot day creek with a lot of fine trout in it. And the dead didn't mind me fishing there at all. <laughs> One graveyard of tall fir trees growing in the grass was kept Peter Pan grin. I just love the way he uses metaphors all year round by pumping water up from the creek. And the graveyard had fine marble headstones and statues and tombs. The other graveyard was for the poor and it had no trees. The grass turned a flat, tired brown in the summer and stayed all the way until it rained. Like a mechanic <laughs> began uh, in the late autumn. There were no fancy uh, headstones for the poor dead. Their markers were small boards that looked looked like heels of a uh, stale bread eels. <laughs> and here's some of the tombstones that we're going to be done with this. You've got to read Richard Brod again. Come on. I don't care whether he killed himself. Um, devoted slob father of <laughs> this is in the poor cemetery. Beloved work to death mother of <laughs> on some of the graves were fruit jars and tin cans with wilted flowers in them. Sacred to the memory of John Talbot, who at the age of 18 had his ass shot off in a honky-tonk. November 1, 1936. The mayonnaise jar with wilted flowers in it was left here six months ago by his sister, who is in uh, the crazy place now. <laughs> Eventually, the season would take care of their wooden names like a sleepy short order cook. Here is an image cracking eggs over a grill next to a railroad station. Whereas the well-to-do would have their names for a long time written in marble or d'oeuvres like or horses trotting up the fancy paths to the sky. I fished Graveyard Creek in the dusk when the fly hatch was on and worked some good trout out of there. Only the poverty of the dead bothered me. Once while cleaning the trout before I went home in the almost 
night I had a vision of going over to the poor graveyard and gathering up grass and fruit jars and tin cans and markers and wilted flowers and bugs and weeds and clouds and going home and putting a hook in the vice and tying a fly with all that stuff and then going outside and casting it up in the sky watching it float over clouds and into the uh, evening star and uh, okay uh, the telephone rang and we have cell phone we're having fun here Anyway, Trout Fishing in America, it says, uh, uh, it's not about trout fishing. <laughs> in a world where people seriously think about the unthinkable, this book accepts the unacceptable, believes the incredible, and describes the indescribable. The result is an I absorbing, irritating, and terribly amusing book, San Francisco Chronicle. Anyway, so Richard Brodigan, uh, I, I want, I want to do. Listen, we've given you what? We gave him Richard Brodigan, Marjorie Sharp. What else have we given him here? Ginsburg well, and yeah. Kerouac. Okay. Well, uh, I want you all to know that uh, it is the middle end of summer. Autumn is coming, and I need a hot piece of music if it's only five minutes. And and but I want to say that uh, the yellow jackets are out, and they're very ravenous, and they're not a bee. They don't have a stinger. They can sting you uh, over and over and over again. And I had this. Uh, Oh heck, let's see. We got We got to have some music here. But you know, I well, we miss Borges, but I, I'm going to put some. I want some music on. I don't care. I got to have music. But uh, here, let's uh, uh, let's. Okay, uh, ad lib. So, is the program working yet? No, <laughs> not really, huh? Not really. It's, it's like a Brodigan story. It's not working, <laughs> but it's very entertaining. I, well, I, it's got to be entertaining. Tell me a few jokes, would you? I don't have any. Oh, you don't have any? That's a joke. Well, okay. Well, the music will be Bob Dylan. We're going to go out with him, and I don't know which, what it is, and we're going to go out with Bobby. Bobby Zimmerman and... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Stop. We we're not ready for that yet. So I want to, oh, stop. Can't stop Bob Dylan. <laughs> so I, I will read, listen, you can get stung there, ravenous. Don't try to sh shake them away at the picnic. And and is there anything else that people should know? We didn't get to more haste, but we, you know, I try to cram too much in here. Yeah. Um, and this was at home in, on the old ranch house in Oregon City on the Oregon Trail. Yellow jackets on fire. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll do this. And I felt bad exterminating the ravenous insects. They didn't mind. They'd eat the paint off the house. Kamikaze-like slam into windows. I slept madly with a plastic fly swatter on the back. <laughs> Porch, they drowned in the milk in the cat's dish where we threw scraps. It wasn't safe to sit out there. Most horribly, one dragged its dead mate, victim of a swat, across the redwood stained boards and past the geranium box to cannibalize it? Bits of bright amber took the blows, stunned, writhed stung the wood before kneeling over, keeling over perma permanently, the zipping, veering, dive-bombing others terrorized the air. Where did so many come from? This summer and spring, the hottest, driest in decades, maybe to encourage the wasp-like bees, unlike ordinary bees, which build a paper nest or inhabit a hollow log, Yellow jackets simply dig a hole in the ground. 
When you walk by and step on it, they zap you through clothing into shirts and pants, ferocious, nasty, biting bits of yellow fire. The name jacket doesn't derive from the striped tuxedo they're wearing to dinner. No, jacket is the covering of a bullet, armor piercing. As summer is half over, hinting of fall, Yellow jackets become ever more hungry, restless, assaulted, perhaps fearing a killing frost, needing to store food. I sympathize with that, but damn, out near the anemic garden by the edge of the lawn, yellow jackets had hollowed out a permanent hole. I'm almost done with this. Excavating like moles or aerodynamic engineers, fiercely whirring in circles around its top, guarding it like angry assassins. What to do, the ground and grass so dry we fear fire, and yet that's the metaphor. I poured an old can of paint thinner down the hole and tossed in a match. Such heroism, they fly into the flames again and again, and I cover it with a concrete slab. Still they dig, drown it with a garden hose. Still they come back, suicidally territorial, Oh, that image of the yellow jackets raggedly flying into the flames haunts me. This Oregon insect has a biting, fiery spark, dying in the fire with stubbornness, fearful fearlessness. Clorox bleached down the hole, finally silenced it as a home. It became blackened around the edges. Clay, dusty dirt, bereft of the force and beauty of life, I still feel guilty, killing so many of the vehement, inflamed, combative, bright yellow insects. Sadness, sadness at torched hole and withered lawn will go out with, uh, tell me if we did all right, we're gonna go out with Bobby Dillon here and, and, and save some of Bobby, will you? Come on. Save some of Bobby Williams. She did well and none. She violently knits. They fall the way for Jackson Ripper. The board up. I'm talking here. Does not you know, keep some of this. Proposes that listeners at home do not do his waltz and burn the poor yellow jackets. Bobby Dillon, so uh, I don't know. This is the rap, maybe. I love this song. Yeah, this is a great, a great album. Uh, uh, Bob Dylan, Highway 01 Revisited, yeah. But it's, uh, Tell me about that for a second. No, leave it up. Okay. Tombstone Blues. What is it, dear? Tombstone Blues. Well, you were um, you were with the, your record store, and you've got a job, and things are going to change for your life. I may, I may. I'm going to do a little more here, but you know records, don't you? Yes. I do know records. Yes. Okay. Well, I hope your job works out, and uh, can, thank you for all the putting in here. Yeah. Well, and with you know, you just save some of the Bob Dylan. Yeah. And we'll uh, God help us, we'll meet. Uh, so this will. This will air uh, Monday, 10 p.m., uh, September 12th. Yes. You're listening to KBO Portland, 93.7 FM dial.